Welcome everyone to Invested, a limited series by Behind the Human and KPMG High Growth Ventures. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the minds of early stage investors to surface actionable insights for founders and startups to mentally and financially thrive. Negative self-talk is one of the most harmful um, issues that I think all of us have to tackle. And it's really easy to get caught up in that negative self-talk. And when you're thinking about all of these other things, when you're comparing yourself to other businesses or you're comparing yourself to other people, all of that means you're somewhere else and you're not present in your um, yourself and you're not confident in yourself. Today, I'm speaking with Rachel Yang, who's a partner at Giant Leap, Australia's first 100% impact venture capital fund backing mission-based founders solving the world's most pressing problems across three themes, health and well-being, sustainable living, and empowering people. What lights you up about working with founders? What lights me up is really the fact that they're so passionate about what they do. They're doing typically doing their life's work. And particularly when you're talking to impact founders, they've seen a social or environmental problem that really is a a burning issue for them and they're driven to solve it. Being a founder is not easy and so you have to love what you do. And so meeting these people that just um, love what they do and are so passionate about the problems they're solving really gets me excited as well when I'm talking to them. So that's really what lights me up. And how, like, why don't you share a little bit of your backstory? How did you, how did you land where you are and where did the impact piece come from? Like did that, was that always an intention for you to uh, come into this, this world of investing and specifically an impact or just, just kind of happen? Yeah, it's an interesting one because for me, impact has been something that I've always wanted to to have in my life and a positive impact. And I it started from when I was very young and I was fortunate enough to get a great education, even though my family didn't have the financial means for that. So I had a scholarship, went to a great school and felt I had an obligation to do something positive with that education and because I was lucky enough where others may not have been. And so really that sent me on a path of looking at different options and I thought about, you know, being a doctor for a while, realised I didn't quite have the constitution for that Um, and then uh, ended up going down pathways of thinking about business but then not really realising where I could have the impact because I thought business would then I'd lead to philanthropy or something along those lines. And then I ended up landing in um, management consulting and consulting predominantly to government because I thought if you could change things at the structural level and uh, influence government policy on areas relating to health, education, et cetera, that you'd be able to have the most impact. Um, But unfortunately, politics does get in the way of these things and I felt like things were moving quite slowly. So I was really trying to find an opportunity to combine the private sector kind of mindset and um, the idea of, of business and how to scale and really create change with scale but combine that impact as well and the social environmental purpose behind uh, what you could do with business as a force for good. And so I ended up just, in in fact, stumbling across Giant Leap. Um, Giant Leap had just been um, created and that was back in uh, 2016, Giant Leap was created and I um, stumbled upon them in early 2017. 
and realized this was the culmination of all the things that I wanted to do um, because you know, mm. I'd spent some time in northeast Arnhem Land as well and realized what you could do you know, in supporting Indigenous communities with business and this idea of using business for social purpose um, just really got me excited. And so I ended up applying for Giant Leap, got the job, and, and here I am um, five years later. I love it. I love it. I love how that when when things just naturally play out like that, especially given, you know, what you shared in terms of your intention coming, uh, you know, straight out of school and then it kind of all materialized, not in the, the exact way you thought at the beginning, but here you are. It's, uh, it's beautiful to see that when that, when it plays out. Yeah. Um, I would, I'd love to know, I know health and well-being is one of the, one of the big sectors that, you know, it's part of the, the fund and, and, uh, areas where you guys focus. I'm curious just with everything going on right now, especially the last couple of years where it's almost like the world's been, you know, forced into uh, a global, you know, reflective period or a pause to think and, and whatnot. And people are starting to prioritize, at least I see this in, in my work, they're are asked more questions around their health and their well-being and so forth. Have you noticed any big shifts just with the companies that you're working with or the sector in general over the last couple of years that it's like, oh, that's interesting or that surprised us in, in any way? I think from a um, macro level and thinking about the startups we're seeing in the market, there's certainly been a steady increase in the number of startups that are looking at health and well-being and using technology to support health and well-being. Um, for example, one of the businesses we've invested in is called Mindset and they are okay. a digital therapeutic platform that helps create programs to manage conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, um, anxiety, and then they've just released a program to help stop smoking. And so mm. using digital technologies and this idea of accessing the um, mental parts and connection with mental and the physical um, was really fascinating to us. And I think there is uh, a a huge shift to realise that the health system can't handle um, just the old traditional ways of treating people one-on-one. And so how can you think about um, doing things differently and using technology to facilitate improvements in health outcomes by... um, using a scalable method and so you know we're seeing that people are realizing that's an option and therefore lots of people are starting startups that can address these issues at scale which i think is really uh exciting and gives me a lot of hope about the future of people's um health and well-being and then internally with the startups as well i think we're finding that uh, a lot more of the foundations and policies of startups does relate to thinking about the well-being of their employees to ensure that the practices that they have are sustainable and startups mm-hmm. are really hard and the employees within them typically work long hours and have this endless commitment uh, and I think being able to manage that with uh, policies and understanding the importance of health and well-being is um, at the forefront these days. Yeah, no, it, it is. I, I, I agree. I'm I'm quite hopeful as well. And it's nice to see just a lot of options and many more solutions day in day in um, day by day coming out in this space. Because I agree, there's you know there's more 
open discussion around the the importance of our, our mental health and mental well-being. And it, it makes sense. I mean, because as soon as the mind stops working, so does I mean, so does the business and, it, and really everything else in around your life, right? So uh, it, it it makes sense to to prioritize our our health. Uh, but now it seems like okay, now we're we're talking more and more about it and. Now there's also a lot of different solutions that because we're we're different. Everyone you know uh, resonates with a different kind of uh, therapy or therapeutic or whatever, like whatever it is, tool, app, and so forth. So it's nice to see that progress, and I'm glad that that um, you know there's people like yourself and, and your team behind some of these companies. Yeah, thanks. It's um really exciting to see what's happening in the space but we do understand there needs to be a lot of solutions out there because as you say people resonate with different products um in various ways and they i things may work for some that don't work for others and so having that optionality is really important and also even to the point of understanding your um personality and what works for you uh, to the mm. point of choosing a psychologist, for example, is um, really key. Yeah. When it comes to just the current environment that uh, founders and teams are, are are operating in right now, is there, if, if you were to think of one word to just describe that environment, what would that be for you? The one word that comes to mind is, is volatile, is... Um, yeah really there's a lot of uncertainty out there at the moment uh, with the economic environment and the media always exacerbates the issues by really um, almost sending people into crisis mode, saying how they're Mm. reporting on the extremes. And so being able to cut out the noise and and cut through that volatility and just stay on your own track is really important um, because I think this volatility will stay with us for a while. Mm-hmm. What well, I'm curious, we, before we hit record, we were chatting a little bit and you mentioned that I was just asking how things were going and you're quite excited because you're uh, the team and, and yourself are bringing on a new company in the fund. So I, I was curious, as soon as you said that, I got excited because given what we're talking about, I'm just, uh, you know, wondering, like, what what are the conversations like for uh, companies coming in uh, or, or involved in Giant Leap right now? And especially given what you just said, like, are you having those kind of conversations around well-being or, um, you know, financial health and like just preparing founders uh, to not just survive in these markets, but actually th- thrive? Yeah, many of the conversations that we've had in recent times with founders has been about uh, thinking about lengthening your runway to ensure you've got enough cash in this uh, volatile environment and thinking uh, about the long game. Uh, It's not just about the short term and thinking about how to weather the storm of um, what may be happening in the markets, but actually thinking that this is a a long-term commitment that these founders are making Mm. to their business and to try and um, see their North Star and thinking about their mission and anchoring them back to that is something that we really try to do at Giant Leap because 
you know, as an impact fund, impact is at our core and their mission is at our core. We're backing these founders because they are mission-driven. Uh, and so ensuring that we all come back to what they're trying to achieve and help them uh, not worry as much about the, the day-to-day volatility but about what is um, important for the long term and how they can do the practical things like ensure the financial stability of their company um, and extending their runway uh, to enable the um, achievement of their goals. I love it. I mean, that links to a topic I definitely wanted to chat with you about around just presence because uh, that, that was one of the, in, in the pre-survey before before these interviews uh, that you completed. One of the characteristics for uh, a mentally fit founder there were a few that you identified, but one of them was just the importance of presence, which I can't help but think, you know, when, when, with everything going on and like you said, just the, you know, the, the fear and the craziness in the media and this and that, and, and getting caught up in those, those, uh, cycles, if you, if you do have some good presence, you know, fostered in yourself or your training to be focused on what you need to be doing, then you can kind of weather that storm. So I'm just, the, I guess the question, um, Rachel, is what are you seeing work well with with founders uh, versus, you know, uh, maybe opposite examples where uh, founders are everything but present right now? Yeah. The key in my mind to being present uh, and really trying to cut out that noise is, being confident in who you are. I always think that when people mm. say, how do you define success? It's different for every person, but I think the common thread is confidence in who you are and what you're trying to achieve. And when you can have that confidence and stay um, present by reminding yourself of that, it's really powerful in what you're able to achieve uh, because you can cut out the chatter. Uh, Negative self-talk is one of the most harmful um, issues that I think all of us have to tackle and it's really easy to get caught up in that negative self-talk and when you're thinking about all these other things, when you're comparing yourself to other businesses or you're comparing yourself to other people, all of that means you're somewhere else and you're not present in your um, yourself and you're not confident in yourself. And so that can manifest in um, bad behaviours, things like taking it out on other people or um, just constantly worrying and not getting things done because you're caught up in your own thoughts. And so I think what I know some of the techniques that, that I use is just being mm. um you know, focusing on your breath, um, focusing on how you're feeling physically. You know, I sometimes realise that I'm tensing certain muscles yeah. and um, just r- realising what that does um, because then it brings you back to the present when you're um, just being mindful of uh, being in, in the moment. And it's really hard to do and something that um, I don't think anyone that I know has mastered it, um, but it's a practice that we've just got to continue trying to achieve. Hello, everyone. I want to first thank you for listening to this limited series and let you know if you're looking for more insights and resources designed specifically for startups and scale-ups, we've got you covered. Head over to highgrowthventures.com.au. And one last thing. 
Given you're listening to this series, I want to tip you off to another show that you'll probably find interesting. It's called Shape the System, a show covering the stories that inspire more people to rethink the way the world works. You'll find interviews with people from all around the world who are changing our systems, from food, energy, and finance, to education, health, and the environment. Shape the System. Give it a listen. Well, the breath is definitely one that is, you know, something that I agree. I think we, many of us take for granted or don't, don't pay attention to at all. Um, but is a quick, I mean, even right now I can feel myself kind of leaning and, and crunching down versus sitting up tall and, you know, breathing properly really. Right. Um, yeah. and it's just a beautiful, um, practice or, or something that you can turn to no matter what's going on, just to take a couple really deep breaths to just let that settle or, or release whatever is looping in your mind or, or the reverse, which I actually just did this before we got onto, onto the recording platform, because I had, as you know, uh, another interview with, with the other Rachel on this series. And I wanted to make sure I had the energy for you. And I use a, an app called Othership, which is guided breath work. And I did a, a five-minute flow of, of fast breathing and breath holds and so forth just to, you know, to get make sure the mind is, is flowing and whatnot and, and refresh, right? So there are the two kind of sides where you can use these practices. Um, is there anything else personally? I'm just curious for you that, that uh, are some non-negotiables in your life when it comes to your, your health and well-being? Yeah, non-negotiables for me include uh, exercise. So at least five times a week, you know, every weekday I'm exercising in the morning um, because what I realised was that, so I have, you know, over the years have had issues with anxiety and one of the things that has been the most powerful um, has been that ongoing practice of exercise Yeah, because my mind is much clearer. I'm able to manage that um, those feelings of anxiety during the day if I've done the exercise in the morning. And I notice the difference when I don't do it. And so finding those things for yourself that work and making them non-negotiables really is quite transformative. And that's probably been for the last 10 years or so that I've been doing that. And it's uh, transformed the the mood that I'm in during the day, generally yeah. happier uh, as soon as I kind of walk in the door to the study and start sit down and start working um, it, because I've had that endorphin hit in the morning. Mm -hmm. For sure. How's that playing out with, with some of the founders? Is just knowing and having been in that space myself as well, it's, it's a fast-paced environment there never seems to be enough time to, to finish, you know, what, what you're working on and so forth. And there's just, there's, you know, there's a lot at stake and typically whether it's startups or founders, uh, or other industries, usually the first thing to go when we're busy or stressed are our, you know, exercise habits, or, uh, we start eating like garbage, like all the things that we should probably double down on are the things that we let go. So I'm curious if you've ever had any of those conversations or have uh, given any advice around that to, to your teams and, and just how's, how it's received or how can we think about these topics? Yeah, I have had those conversations with founders and I think they you know, understand that things can slip and they it's always the juggle of trying to understand um, how they can fit everything in. And yeah. you know, I've had conversations about 
the idea that your future self will thank you. You make the time mm. now, but your future self will thank you. You will ultimately be more productive during the day. And for, for us, the way that we approach things is not so much um, being directive or giving advice in a way that you know is um, that they should do certain things. It's really sharing our own experiences and why yeah. it's worked for us. So for me, why and how it's worked for, for um, the way that I operate is that I, because it's a non-negotiable, I end up having kind of this notion of streaks. And so you, mm. as soon as you don't do it one day, um, you feel a bit disappointed with yourself. But if you have this commitment of non-negotiable, you continue to tick off day by day the exercise. Yeah. This It's almost like you're tricking yourself into somehow um, just continuing that habit. And it's really habit creation is um, a technique that I think you build over time and even little things like stacking habits. So, um, you know, after your exercise, if you stack another habit onto that being you stretch straight afterwards or you take five deep breaths afterwards or there's something where you, once you've created a habit, it allows you to stack more on. And so sharing little tips and tricks like that that have helped me um, really enables them to choose whether or not they want to take that on and if it works for them. And I think that's um, always been an approach that we've taken is um, not to be directive and say what they should do, but really share our own experiences. Yeah. But I think the other thing that that's really nice in terms of what you said is, I mean, you're you're providing the environment that that's okay, you know, and not, not just that it's okay, but it's encouraged, right? And giving that permission to, to think, okay, well, like what is, because I agree with you. I mean, the, there's no prescription for um, whether it's physical or, or, or mental fitness. Uh, if we're all different. We need to find what works, but if we can have some ideas and, and so forth, then we can start working, you know, on our own rituals and routines and so forth. And, I love the idea of, of, of habit stacking or practice stacking and, and so forth, right? Especially breath works a great one. If you're doing guided breath works with any breath holds, uh, one thing that usually comes up quite a bit um, and something I, I do as well is in the holds, you can visualize, you know, achieving your goals or visualize how you want your day uh, to unfold or set some intentions. And just doing that, even if like, starting five day or five minutes of, of your day with that kind of uh, mental fitness and throwing in some exercise at one point in the day, I mean, that'll completely change, you know, the, yeah. the, how, how you feel, how you're thinking, how you're, you're showing up with your, your team and so forth. It's, uh, yeah. it's so valuable. Yeah, It is. And I, I don't think I realized how valuable it was until I started. You, know, you think the breath is so simple and we just do it to survive. But when I first mm -hmm. started trying to meditate, I um I couldn't I felt like I almost couldn't breathe. <laughs> I um, was taking these shallow <laughs> yeah. breaths. I was concentrating on my breath, and I just couldn't work out how to breathe properly. Uh, and I think it's just also not being too hard on yourself that that sometimes these practices take time, um, and the habits take time to build. And sometimes yeah. you'll drop out of them, and sometimes you won't. But the exercise probably took me a couple of years to really bed down as a habit. Uh, it sure. was tricky and there were phases that I'd go through that I didn't want to do it. And, you know, same with the breath work, it's you kind of phase in, 
and out of wanting to do it. But, um, yeah, I think it's that idea of, you know, it's never too late to start and you can only um, try. For sure. Uh, I'm going to pivot a bit to uh, still health, but financial health and startup or company health, we can we can say. Uh, there, there's been a lot of talk around or themes, I think, that have been coming up around focusing on almost like back to basics or the business fundamentals. So I'm, I'm, I imagine you're having a lot of those conversations as well, making sure that like the unit, unit economics are sound and so forth. But I'm curious, like, is there anything specific, uh, to your work in, in the impact space that, you know, might be a bit different or, or maybe not. I mean, and, and, and that that's okay too. But what I guess where are the conversations being had around um, company health right now for, for your yeah. team? So the financial uh, aspects of uh, business in my mind are always the same. The fundamentals are always the same, um, whether yeah. you're an impact business or um, e- even not-for-profits for me in my mind, the way that they um, think uh helps if they're more thinking in line with uh, traditional business and thinking how economics work because ultimately what you're trying to create is a sustainable, scalable model and Mm -hmm. that can't happen if the foundations aren't solid and the foundations need to be really understanding money coming in, money going out and it's as simple as that Um, and how you can ensure that the money going out um, and the rate of, you know, as we talk about the burn rate of, you know, how much cash you're you're losing each month because a, a lot of startups in the early days are losing cash as they're trying to grow, how to make that sustainable um, so that, you know, if you're raising capital, you can cover that and then how you switch to make it um, ultimately a more, uh, I guess, profitable business uh, in future and really thinking about the, the unit economics. So if the um, one unit of product sales um, coming in and the costs that you're spending on that is below, um, you know, the money coming in, you know, those those economics can stack up and, you know, as simple as those things that you think about because I think uh, sometimes um, people who don't necessarily um, have a business background and haven't have just started the startup because they're passionate about the problem area uh, and the solution that they've created won't necessarily think about those things. And so really anchoring them back to the very simple foundations of money in, money out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, for sure. Well, and I think especially right now with everything going on, it just, I think it almost shines more of a, more of a light or magnifies, you know, the companies where, where the business models are flawed and now you can't really hide behind injections of capital or growth focused kind of stories and so forth. Right. I imagine you're seeing that as well on, on your side. Yeah. There's a lot more talk about how to create a profitable business within the, um, you know, the next few years and thinking about their trajectory of if they raise capital now, what is the pathway towards profitability? Um, That's not the same for all businesses, of course, but that's something that's been talked about a lot more than it was previously. The um, In the last couple of years, the talk has really been about how do you 
continue to raise capital and and just continue to raise more and more um, without okay. the conversations around profitability. Uh, and so, yeah, it's um, a, an interesting shift that's happened, but I think a needed one to really consider what is what does sustainable growth look like. What are are there any other topics um, that you're hearing coming up? Uh, I guess are themes coming up on the regular for your founders related to just their business health and so forth, or like what are some of the stressors? And I guess how how can we help some of these founders where they're uh, concerned? Team is always the hardest part of any business. I think um, managing the team, hiring, um, finding the right talent, all of those aspects are really tricky. And you know, in recent times, there's been a really shortage of talent. Uh, and I think mm. that's been putting a lot of pressure on startups because and founders because they're trying to uh, grow and find the right people to bring in and make sure there's the right cultural fit. Um, but in a market where there's uh, challenges in, in there being enough talent, I think that that has made things really hard. Um, and then also managing the team in these um, kind of volatile markets and ensuring everyone feels secure in their jobs, particularly when yeah. some companies have needed to make redundancies as well. So it's kind of um, been a, a interesting market because there's been challenges with hiring but also um, redundancies being made too. So it's all yeah. kind of happening at once. feels um, tricky for a lot of founders and being able to maintain their culture has been that um, with people coming in and out, that's been the biggest challenge. Have you seen, um, do you have any good, I mean, you don't have to name names or, or specific examples, but just any kind of best practices from any portfolio companies where the cultures are really strong going through what's, what's happening right now? Yeah. The one key um, aspect that's been consistent about how to continue to ensure a strong culture is uh, thoughtfulness and planning for you know, hiring and making redundancies is just ensuring that you have a plan in place to be able to communicate to the rest of the team what's going on. So this okay. idea of transparency um, and really being human about the approach to things has been really um, successful in ensuring that culture is strong and continues to stay strong no matter what happens in the markets. And that um, idea of just uh, also treating people like adults, not hiding things from them, yeah. not being, um, you know, uh, deceptive about what is actually happening in the business, just being really open about how the business is being affected by the market or how the team might be um, affected by the market. I think that's what's made them the most successful in these conversations. Are there... Are there any areas where you wish you could help more, Rachel? Always. You always feel, um, well, I always feel quite helpless as an investor that I'm kind of standing on the sidelines cheering these um, founders along, um, but also trust in their ability. We invest in founders that um, we believe in and that we want to mm -hmm. back and that our role is not to 
get involved and control anything. Our role is to support them along the way. And so, uh, you know, with each founder that I work with, I work with them very differently. Some of them I talk to on the phone often. Others I, um, you know, just come along to board meetings and sit in and will participate there. And then others, um, you know, it's uh, occasional um, catch-ups, but they're long and deep conversations. And so it's really varied with how we support. And so really what we try to do is just say, we're here for whatever you need and we're founder-led in our approach to supporting portfolio companies. So, um, yeah, I always feel like I'd love to support them however possible but want to be let them decide how sure. how we support them because um, yeah it's it's not great when investors are trying to get in to um, mess around with yeah. yeah no founder wants that yeah for sure are there are there any questions that we're not asking right now uh, founders that you think we should be uh in terms of what we we should be asking the founders themselves or that we should be talking about here today? Uh, well, both, really. I mean, if there's anything that, you know, feels like there should be more conversation around, I don't know, a certain topic and uh, we're just not asking those questions, whatever the reason is, but just I'd love to bring light to that um, and see for your perspective. Sometimes in the business world and the startup world, I feel like the question of just how are you and are you okay and these types of questions are not asked as much as they could be. Sometimes it's straight down to business. You go straight into the topic, uh, the work topic that you want to discuss and don't necessarily do a check-in and I think check-ins are really important and something that we as Giant Leap have been trying to do more of is that we check in with each other, see how we're we're going um, and that, you know, a phone call cannot necessarily have a specific purpose except to check in on someone. Um, Mm. We also have uh, a question time where we um, have once a week a question that we ask, even things like... um, uh, who's the most famous celebrity you've ever met or something to try and okay. get us yeah. out of um, the business sometimes just to snap you out of something that is often very serious into something yeah. that's a bit more joyful. And so thinking about how you can ask questions that can even um, we've got a highlight of the week at the end of the week as well. So those those questions that can shift people towards an open, um, joyful uh, mindset that makes people feel gratitude versus being stuck in the seriousness of the day-to-day, I think can definitely transform one's mindset uh, for and set you up for the day. Well, it's interesting because as you're saying that, I couldn't help but think uh, what the one of the topics we covered earlier and that you had mentioned the importance of just being present, right? And and the questions that you're mentioning are are great questions to pause the autopilot of I'm you know I'm going down this track, going here, 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 and and same with the business. Like I'm raising this amount of money now, I need to do this, do this. Uh, just just stopping and slowing down for a second. And to your point, and use some of your language, like be human. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? And check yeah. in with people and, and, and see how, how we're doing and so forth. Uh, that's wonderful. It sounds really wonderful. And it sounds like you do that too for the onboarding. I can't remember if you mentioned it while we were recording or if it was before, but just, you know, business aside, like what do you like to do and trying to understand uh, the, the, the actual human behind the, the, the business? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something we ask whenever we meet founders, whether they're part of our, they become part of our portfolio or not. We catch up with a lot of founders um, day to day. And that's one of the first questions is, you know, tell us a bit about yourself and how you came Mm -hmm. to start the business and why, what drives you. Yeah. Last question for you. So you've been, uh, very gracious with your time. So I want to respect that. And it's just around any resources, whether like books, podcasts, or apps or services that um, you find helpful or that you suggest to uh, any of your founders. And we'll make sure these are obviously in the show notes and in the final report. Yeah, I love the book Chatter, um, which... Which book, sorry? Chatter. Oh, Chatter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just read that one actually. Yeah, so that um, I found really great because it has some tools on how to know, harness chatter and and um, reduce yeah. any negative self talk. So I think that's something that's um, been a great resource for me. Uh, and then uh, for habit building, there's a book called Atomic Habits. You know, I think that's um, a really interesting one as well. And then also on the mental health side and really the understanding human side, um, I quite like uh, The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. Okay. He's a moral psychologist and it helps you really understand where people come from. You know, he starts the book with um, people tell you to not talk about money, religion and politics, but the book is really about why you should and how you should. So I think mm-hmm. those types of books that help you understand human behaviour, another one would be um, uh, Predictably Irrational as well oh, okay. um, by Dan and Ariely. So, yeah, there are a lot of books out there that I think help you understand the psychology of humans to help you tap into um, what is uh, useful um, to understand beneath the surface of uh, the business side of things. These are great. We're going to have to, I'm going to have to contact James clear because his book has been suggested twice now, just in this series alone. He's been on the show previously. So that's right. been nice, but <laughs> all these <laughs> plugs for atomic habits. <laughs> There's a reason. I mean, it's one of the, I know last year, I think it was the uh, most purchased nonfiction book on Amazon. So really? makes sense. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank yeah. you so much, Rachel. It was uh, such a pleasure to meet you and, and thank you for all the insights and, and opening up and being human. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to chat, Mark. Well, Thank you for sticking around for the entire episode. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And again, for more startup and scale-up resources, swing over to highgrowthventures.com.au. That's highgrowthventures.com.au. Have a stunning day.